you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Wednesday, April 7th, and I appreciate you uh, tuning in today. Let's talk some TCU athletics. We're going to start with some spring football updates here in this first segment. Uh, Gary Patterson spoke with the media on Tuesday, so we'll discuss a little bit about some of the, the notes that he dropped or nuggets that he dropped in that media availability on uh, Tuesday morning. We'll also take a look at the TCU offensive line a little more in depth in our next segment and close out with uh, TCU baseball got a victory over Tarleton on Tuesday and was a weird game, but they held on and, and won their midweek contest before they take on Texas Tech on the road in the huge series starting on Friday night. But let's start with some uh, TCU football talk. As I said, Gary Patterson, Spoke with the media um, about the team and about how spring practice is going on Tuesday. And and one thing that he mentioned, and he's brought this up multiple times now, uh, is the development of Max Duggan. But when he talks about Max, he hasn't really been discussing his play on the field as much. Or he has, but I, I think what has stood out to me is two or three times in the course of him talking to the media over the past few weeks, he said that uh, Max is a great leader. Um, He said in a quote, he's fantastic. He's been unbelievable. He's the leader out there on the offensive side. The offensive line and him have a great relationship, which is uh, another key. So, I I mean, I think any semblance of a quarterback competition is out the window because we still don't know what Chandler's situation is going to be eligibility-wise as Oklahoma has not let him out of their letter of out of his scholarship, and we'll get to that later on in the segment. But it, it seems obvious that Gary's making a point to tell everyone Max is the leader of this team, which is great. I mean, that's fine. And I don't know if that's something that he had not embraced in the past or GP has just seen some more um, initiative on his part in, in that area of his game. But I think it's a big deal because Max is a, a hard-nosed, good QB, good player, and I've always felt like the teams rallied behind him. I mean, when he's had a big run, you know, when he was a freshman, he had that crazy run against Kansas State or some of the big runs he had this year uh, against Texas and Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. You see the team get behind him. Um, but if if the coaching staff is noticing that he is really embracing that he's the leader of this team. I I think that's important. I think that's a big deal. And I feel like the message Gary's trying to get across is he's the guy. It's pretty unquestioned. And Chandler will have – I mean, if Chandler gets eligible, I I assume he'll have a chance to show off in fall camp. But it's looking more and more to me like that's just good depth behind Max going into the season. And uh, I I feel like it's a good sign that they've kind of decided – what direction they're going to go in the spring because this does give him the opportunity to work a full offseason he didn't get that last year spring ball got cut short and then we know that he had the heart issue and he missed some of fall practice how much of it I don't know but he was really thrown in the fire again in that Iowa State game and if you look at it from that perspective I think there is optimism that he can take a huge step forward this year having that full offseason um, to work with his team he also talked about Gary talked about uh, running backs and wide receivers and the skill positions and, and one guy he mentioned that I didn't 
do a great job of highlighting him when I was talking about wide receivers uh, a week or so ago when we were breaking down the different position groups. But he talked about uh, how Darius Davis is having a great spring. Um, he said he'd been out the last few practices, but he's having the best spring as far as catching the ball and running. He's been the best I've ever seen him. Very explosive, hard to handle. So Darius Davis has been a mainly a key special teams contributor his first couple seasons. You did see, though, late last year, he became a more explosive player in, on the offense. And, of course, the Oklahoma State game is what stands out the most with that huge touchdown catch. If he's the guy in the slot, that's fantastic. I really thought Tay Barber and J.D. Spielman were going to be the dudes, and Spielman might end up being that guy. But it, if it's Darius Davis, that's great. I mean, I, I don't really have a uh, an a, opinion either way on who it should be. I, just, I thought Spielman coming over from Nebraska – would have made more of an impact now he got injured last year so he really wasn't a factor and he was the guy back there on punt return so that's another interesting thing to watch is do they put davis uh back where he was after spielman got hurt or does spielman return to that position and i think that might tell you a lot about who's going to be the main player on offense because they've i mean they have Cavante turpin used to return punts and he was a huge part of the offense um desmond white but i i feel like if if somebody's going to be a main wide receiver, they don't necessarily want them back there taking uh, those punt returns every single time, week in and week out. He also mentioned Quentin Johnston is having a really good spring as well. Um, some other things that got brought up, he says the tight ends are playing well. DJ Rogers, who uh, he was a Cal commit, and then that didn't work out um, because of some legal issues that got resolved. He wasn't charged with anything. Um, but he ended up at TCU after sitting out a year. He's having a really good spring. And he also said uh, Jasper Lott, who is a player from um, Argyle. And Argyle is one of the best high school football programs in the state. He was a tight end there. Uh, his father, who I forget his father's name, but his father's like a strength coach in the NFL. Anyway, there was some uh, debate on would he get into – school and would he would they try to bulk him up and make him an offensive lineman or would he stay at that tight end position apparently he's having a really good spring as an early enrollee at the tight end spot so it looks like he's gonna um play there and they've already kind of figured that out at least for now he was asked about marcel brooks he said he's done well but still has a lot to learn uh so not a ton there i, I would be surprised if we see Marcel being a factor in the wide receiver rotation I, I mean I would love to see it happen I think he's a dude with a lot of, a lot of potential but I just can't I mean I, I can't get too excited about him stepping up and and having a, a big impact on the offense and finally on the defensive side you might say Stephen you've talked a lot about the offense well the defense is really banged up I mean most of their starters are out right now so it feels like they're just trying to get through it on, on the defensive side of the ball. He did mention, though, one guy that's having a good spring rush in the passer is Dylan Horton. So along with O'Shawn Mathis and Kyrie Coleman, uh, Kenny Terrier, Horton might work his way in the rotation as well. We'll come back, and when we do, we'll break down the offensive line for TCU going into the 2021 season. But I, I want to say first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. I love it. I've, I've told you before, I like to eat Built Bars for breakfast. 
Um, it, it helps me get going. It's really good fuel for your body. They have some amazing flavors. Uh, coconut brownie chunk is my favorite. I'm also a fan, though, of peanut butter, cookies, and cream. Why don't you go today to BuiltBar.com and, and try, you know, see what, see what flavors they have, see if anything interests you. If you want, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 20% off your order. So if you're concerned about, well, I don't really want to go spend a lot of money for something I'm not going to like or if, if I don't end up liking it, well, use that promo code, get a little bit of a um, – I cut back on that price and give it a try today. BuiltBar.com. They have great flavors. Again, it, it's good for you. Uh, it's good fuel for your body. Try it today. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON15 for 20% off your next order. Segment two of uh, Locked On Horn Frogs coming your way now, and let's talk offensive line as we kind of go through position groups. During spring football, you know, the offensive line is one of the big lightning rods the past few years. It, it has not been up to par and and you look at those TCU teams as amazing that had a lot of success as amazing as the skill guys were in 2014 and 2015 with uh, Boykin and Doxson and Aaron Green you go down the line the foundation of a lot of that was that those guys could block I mean they could block like they had good NFL quality offensive linemen that could protect the passer that could uh, break uh, open up holes for BJ Catalan and Aaron Green uh, and the running backs in the backfield. And you have a super talented stable of running backs this year with Zach Evans and Darwin Barlow, Kendra Miller. I mean, there's uh, there's guy after guy that can run the ball. So you, you need um, great players up front to make this work. And honestly, that's been the, the big one of the biggest issues uh, in Max's development the first couple of years is that he's always running for his life. And as skilled as he is with his mobility and being able to get out of the pocket and make plays, they could be so much better if they could protect him. And late in the season, whether it was the offensive line improving or just the fact that they played some teams that frankly weren't nearly as good, I think it was a mix of both. I feel like they did improve. They finally got some stability and had the same five guys starting for consecutive games. The other thing was, though, I mean, they were playing Baylor, they were playing Kansas, they were playing Texas Tech, teams that didn't exactly get home a lot, didn't get after the quarterback a ton. All that being said, I, I think there's some potential there this year. And one thing that Gary Patterson brought up when he was speaking with the media on Tuesday was that Steve Avila, who is uh, the center, and he played a bunch of different positions last year, but he's settled in at center right now during spring ball. Um, he said in a quote, I think Steve Avila is going to be one of the best centers in the country, if not the best. So that's high praise. And as much as you worry about the tackles on the offensive line because you think of edge rushers getting to the quarterback, and that is huge. The fastest way to blow up a play, the easiest way for a defense to just completely make a play useless is to get pressure up the middle right in the face of the quarterback. That's why defensive tackles that can get to the passer get paid lots of money in the NFL I mean you think of Aaron Donald who is probably the best defensive player in the league right now he's able to get to the quarterback from that defensive line position and Dama Kinsu who has slowed down a little bit but for years his ability to wreck the interior and just blow people off the ball and reestablish the line of scrimmage was what made him such a coveted person around the league and in Nebraska as well it, it's hard to do so if, if you can protect that a gap 
and stop, you know, the fastest way to get to the QB, that's big. And, and that's good news that Steve Avila is healthy and he's developing and he looks to be maybe one of the best uh, centers in the country. We don't usually see Gary go out of his way to compliment somebody like that. So good news on that front. Um, you know, elsewhere, they have a transfer coming in from Memphis in Obina Ezzi, who is big and physical and had a really good career there at Memphis. He's going to step in, and he kind of takes the role that I thought T.J. Stormont would have uh, going into this season of being a, a tackle that's going to protect the edge. Um, and, I mean, we don't know a lot about him yet because we haven't seen him play in a TCU uniform, but I, I think that's a good kind of anchor to have. So you have two guys, one on the interior, one on the outside, who uh, have, have played well and um, look to be kind of the, the anchors of this offensive line. And then moving on, I, I mean, I think elsewhere it's going to be kind of a, a mix-and-match type deal. Blake Hickey was someone who uh, played for them towards the end of last year at that guard position. Um, Andrew Coker and Wes Harris are coming back from injuries. They really struggled early in the season at those tackle positions. Garrett Hayes is the huge recruit that is now a redshirt freshman coming into this season, and I really hope that he's a part of the rotation. If he's not, I would start to have some concerns about his development, even though um, O-line is a spot where it can take a while for guys to get you know, big enough and strong enough to be able to contribute. One of the things you were looking forward to with uh, with Garrett is that he kind of fit the bill early with his size and build. Um, and, and then you have Coy McMillan, who played some, some guard late in the year, the senior from Abilene. They have a lot of experienced players, and I think that's one of the huge keys to the offensive line is guys that are big, physical, and have played a lot of games. And health is also going to be key. I, I mean, I mentioned Coker and Harris going down. Avila struggled with injuries as well. That position, the, the offensive line position group, you have to be able to communicate because more than anywhere else on the field – what you're doing affects everybody on that line. I mean, if, if you don't understand your assignment, if you don't understand based on how the defense is going to stunt or how they're moving pre-snap, what that means for you, then everything falls apart. So having five guys that play together and play consistently together is going to be a big part of this team's success. But I, I think there is some good news here in you know, some of the experienced anchor-type guys they have in Ezzy who's the transfer coming in, and then Steve Avila, who has been there and is going to be in the middle playing that center position, making all the calls, trying to help everybody understand what their assignments are going to be on each play. And, and I hope that you see some younger guys, particularly Garrett Hayes, step into bigger roles, um, if not at the start of the season, as the season goes on, and, and get acclimated. Because it, if you can't protect, you can't do anything else. Like, if as much skill as this team has on the outside and speed and weapons if you're not able to block then it all falls apart and and that's just that's just football that's football 101 so hopefully this offensive line group improves going into uh, the 2021 season We'll come back and close up shop. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about betonline.ag. Uh, MLB, NBA, NHL, it's all going on right now. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Rangers play today. They play this afternoon at 1 o'clock. That might not excite you. I understand that. They did get a victory last night. But, you know, baseball season 
NHL, NBA is in full swing. Go to betonline.ag today and start wagering on these games and trying to make some money. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will give you all the advice you need. And, and they have news as well. I mean, it's just a great site to go to to find out what the, the latest is that's going on in sports. Betonline.ag, prop bets, lines, injury reports, everything you need to know to make educated good investments to try to make some money use the promo code locked on to get a 20 percent sign up bonus betonline.ag go there today do yourself a favor listen to lee sterling's advice start betting on these games making some cash betonline.ag Locked on Horn Frogs final segment. Before we get out of here, I did want to tell you about how TCU baseball did today in their game against Tarleton State. And this was a road game. It was an afternoon game. It was kind of funny to watch it on ESPN Plus. Um, and I mean, I get it. It's probably tough to find good broadcast help for 2.30 on Thursday, but camera angles were kind of shaky and out of focus. The wind was blowing like crazy. You know, the facility out there is not what you would see in a Power 5 conference. So it was kind of interesting to watch it play out. It looked like there were a lot of TCU fans there. I don't know if uh, that was a contingent that was already living, you know, people that just live in Stephenville that are alums or if it was family that were kind of following the team on this road trip. But they did get a victory. Let me get to the important part. They won 13-9 to today over uh, the Texans. And positives from this game, I mean, the Bats did what they were supposed to do. They scored a lot of runs. Braden Taylor hit another home run, a three-run bomb that gave them some separation after Tarleton actually made it a really close game um, in the uh, in the seventh or in the sixth, excuse me. He gave them some separation, and he's homered in four straight games. He's just absolutely killing the ball right now. And they hit the ball well. You know, aside from the last couple innings where Tarleton was able to put some zeros on the board, TCU did what they were supposed to do at the plate. Pitching-wise, it was a little rocky. Uh, Jacob Metter, again, struggled. It didn't give up a ton of runs, but just couldn't go – far in the game only pitched three innings through a lot of pitches worked his way out of some jams but does not look sharp and, and it's unfortunate because he started the season really well and he hasn't pitched every Tuesday night so maybe that's a factor just that he's not getting regular innings but it's also hard to give him you know regular innings and have him start every week when when he goes out there and he struggles and then Marcelo Perez came in and it looked really good early on got a couple strikeouts in the uh, what inning was it that Tarleton put up in the third inning? He got a couple strikeouts. So Metter actually only went two innings in that game, but with two outs, he gave up five runs, and Tarleton put a five spot on him. They got a couple base hits, got the bases loaded, and then a, a double cleared it. Um, so not his best outing, and I, I was hoping that maybe he could go four or five innings and just look good and feel better about things. Marcelo really hasn't pitched a lot since the COVID pause. And when he has, it's been kind of a struggle for him. River Ridings came in. He actually got the win and he was good in relief, gave up a couple runs, but did his job. And then uh, Garrett Wright pitched two scoreless innings. So that's good news. Halen Green had to come on and, and get the save in the bottom of the ninth, which I don't love that they keep having to pitch him on Tuesdays, but I get it. He's so good. You want to use him. You want to make sure that you get games won and lock it down. I just wish he could, you know, get a break here and there. But he was uh, sharp in, in his outing. And TCU wins 13-9. to They take care of business against Tarleton. And now they move on to take on Texas Tech in Lubbock, which will be a huge weekend series again starting on Friday. Tomorrow we'll have more spring football talk. We'll again continue to get ready for that uh, baseball series starting Friday night in Lubbock. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.